You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 632 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is actually Sunday afternoon as I record this, so if anything happens Sunday night, you will know that I'm recording before that, but uh, I actually have some Braves responsibilities later on today. Most of you would know that I also host a Braves podcast, uh, normally a weekly podcast, over at Talking Chop, but uh, with the playoffs happening over there in the baseball world, I am uh, basically a semi-daily podcast host on the baseball side, so I'm recording this a little bit earlier than I normally would on a Sunday, but that explains that. Not too, too much happening in Hawks land, but I do want to post a new podcast to start the week. The Hawks open, of course, on Monday evening. We will end the show today talking about what to look for on Monday night against the Pelicans in the preseason opener. But a couple of news things that I want to touch on. Not Again, nothing huge in terms of news here, but I want to talk a little bit about what's been happening by the way, if you missed it, last week we had podcast episodes with uh, the great Kevin Chenard of Hawks.com, as well as Jeff Siegel, our final positional preview. Jeff and I did six different podcasts, you know, five plus, I guess, a part two of one of those as well, uh, breaking down all of the positions, basically talking about every single player on the Hawks roster, including two-way guys, including camp invites, etc. And those were fun deep dives. If you missed anything on that, there's plenty of time to catch up on those, and they're still relevant now, so please go back, subscribe, and check them out. But um, first things first, today on the podcast, uh, one not-so-surprising note that I wanted to point out injury-wise is the Hawks uh, actually listed Chandler Parsons out with load management when they talked about their injuries before media day. But on Thursday, Lloyd Pierce told the media, and I'm getting this from Kevin Chenard of Hawks.com, that Parsons is not participating because of his knees, actually. Uh, nothing official there, but I'm, with this update, I'm actually going to assume Parsons is not going to be ready to play on opening night. Again, Pierce did not say that, but just reading between the lines, if he's not doing anything yet, I can't imagine he'll be ready to go by then. Pierce did say um, to the media this week that everyone was on track, at least for part of the week, to play in the opener. There's some updates beyond that, but all the big names are uh, seemingly on track in terms of just their overall status. But still, you know, if everybody's available outside of Parsons and Crab, who are, are already ruled out for the preseason, for the preseason essentially, um, there are 12 full-time guys available, plus you have the two-way guys and the invites. I think Brandon Goodwin's a pretty obvious number 13, if you had to pick that if the regular season were to start today. But plenty of stuff to talk about in the future with that. But, you know, still something to point out that I wanted to say that I've said a couple times before already during the preseason. But um, I do think that, that Pierce is probably going to play a lot of guys during the early portion of the season, maybe even 11 or 12 per game early on, just to see what happens and see what works. So um, a couple of injuries that are out there do affect things, but the Hawks still have plenty of bodies to mix and match with as the season approaches. Uh, Kevin Herter noted to the media that he's up to 206 pounds, which may not seem like much, but he was 194 last year. Uh, and I've talked about ad nauseum, his need to get stronger. That's a very good step. You know, we'll see if he's able to keep weight on. A lot of NBA players struggle to keep weight on during the season, which might not seem um, right. But when you're playing that much basketball and doing that much cardio and that much running, um, it's hard to keep weight on for some people that have high metabolisms. And a lot of guys are you know, have slender frames like Kevin Herter do, like, like Kevin Herter does, I should say. So if he's able to keep that weight on and keep that that muscle mass and that strength going, that'd be a very good sign for the Hawks. Uh, John Collins 
told the media this week that he measured at 6.8.5, basically 6, 6.8 and a half inch without shoes this week. That's actually a quarter inch taller than his combine measurement, which is kind of funny in some ways. And by the way, I know there's this huge thing about shoes shoes versus without shoes. I understand that guys play in shoes, and for the you know the vast majority of my life covering the league, um, the most most of the listed heights that you see are with shoes. But the NBA, for whatever reason, decided to go without shoes to, I guess, you know, have more of a universal understanding of how tall guys actually are. And shoes can be a little bit different. So the backdrop of this is kind of funny, but there were some funny quotes from Collins about how he actually got shorter. That didn't happen. Uh, the Hawks have been listing him at six foot ten for uh, since, this came, since this came into the league, but that's actually basically what you would say. You know, most most guys that come into the league, you know, measure without shoes, and then you probably you you add about an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, something like that, to their to that height to get to their actual in shoe height, which would put Collins at about. 610. So that kind of makes some sense there. Um, Collins did tell Chris Kirchner of The Athletic that he wants to, quote, solidify himself as one of the new generation's positionless big men in the league, end quote. No uh, surprise there. You know, Collins has been awesome as a combo big man now for two seasons. Last year especially, he was tremendous. We talk about position stuff all the time for him. But, you know, it, there's definitely real value in, ta- in being able to play both spots. And offensively, he's uh, dynamic. Defensively, he's a good athlete, and I think he can play more in space if he gets some positional things down. So we'll see what he uh, has going on this year. But um, Pierce did talk about him grabbing, grabbing, going more offensively, but he did sort of downplay his ball handling just a little bit in the uh, quotes that I saw. They're not going to be writing, they're not going to be running ISOs for John Collins this year, but I think that he definitely has the ability to sort of just run handoffs and do little things that he wasn't able to do early on um, in his tenure. So a lot, lot more of John Collins with the ball in his hands, not a bad thing at all, especially if Trey is off the court and John can uh, be. Be more of a primary option in terms of just having the ball in his hands um, as more than just a play finisher. A um, couple more things to touch on here. Uh, both DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, the rookie combo forwards, said that they measured at six, seven and a half without shoes. We have not seen the official list yet for everyone on the roster, but if that is true, and we have to assume that it is because they told the media that same thing, it translates to both guys being you know six eight and a half, six nine in shoes. That is very very good news on the wing for those guys. You know it's not that big of a deal, but for you know for established players, we've already seen them play. Like for Collins' height, I don't really care about that. He's been playing in the NBA for two straight seasons, but for rookies. You know, having a real height can sometimes be instructive of how big guys actually are. Um, both guys have great size, and they if you if you see the pictures of Reddish and um, and Hunter, they're basically you know you could definitely tell those guys are big, big physical wings. Especially Hunter has already kind of fully developed in that way. Um, the first measurement also for Hunter because he, he was not at the combine as a top you know projected top seven eight pick. A lot of guys don't go to the combine, so that was the first official measurement that we've gotten for Hunter. No surprise though that he's big. And as sort of a sidebar here, there are glowing reports on uh, DeAndre Hunter in the early going, but definitely all you, all that you wanted to hear. I know it's not. I know it is very early, and we, he hasn't played basketball yet on the public stage as, as an NBA player. But at the same time, like you know, all the comments are very very positive. I have been a big fan for about two years now. Essentially, I said with Kevin last week that I was flat out projecting a first team All Rookie stint for Hunter. I stand by that. He's very very good, and all of the uh, things that you would want to hear about him are being said at this point in time. Um, as for Reddish, quickly. He actually measured at the combine at six six and a half without shoes. So if that is true that he actually grew an inch, that's pretty interesting. Something to note. It's definitely not impossible for guys as young as he is to grow. But um, if the stated measurement is true, then you know either the combine measurement was wrong or he grew or he grew an inch. Neither one of those are bad things by any means. But I hope that's true because that way uh, Cam is up to six eight six nine, and that is a pretty good thing also. 
Uh, one quote that I wanted to read you, kind of an extended quote, but I, I tweeted about this this week, and it was it was written by Chris Kirchner of The Athletic, so shout out to him for this. But Lloyd Pierce talked uh, pretty extensively about Cam Reddish, and I wanted to pass it along to you. I thought it was really interesting. This is the first segment of the quote, and I'm quoting here now from Pierce. The first thing we need to do is put Cam in a position to be successful. I don't know what that is yet. Or I, don't, I don't know if he needs the basketball. I don't know if he needs to hide in the corner and play on the backside of the action. I don't know if he's a catch-and-shoot guy. Some of that stuff, and all these guys will teach me what's best for them and what's best for us. I know he's versatile, but sometimes you can overburden a guy and try to get him to do too much. I need to figure out what he can do right now and help improve that as he's getting into shape and then move on to the next thing. That was really interesting for me now. This is me talking. Um, Pierce also mentioned that Reddish is, quote, going to play the ball, going to play with the ball in his hands, end quote, but he did downplay the nature of Reddish like playing point guard necessarily. The, uh, Pierce said that there was a big difference between handling the ball some and also and actually playing the point guard role. He doubled down, though, in saying that the Hawks need to put Reddish in a position to be successful and comfortable. So part of that is probably expectation management from Pierce, but also it's very true. I think for rookies, we just assume that they're going to be what they've already going to be. I'm guilty of this as well, but teams have to figure out how to use these guys best, and Reddish was not really around to be playing during the summer, so this is kind of the first look about that. I talked extensively about how it's, it might take him a little bit longer because he missed the summer, but at the same time, the coaching staff are having to, to uh, adapt to him as well. Reddish is very, very talented on both ends of the floor. I think his defense is underrated. I've always thought that. But I thought it was pretty illuminating from Pierce. If you want to read that, in, uh, just so you can read over it more often, um, it's written by Chris Kirchner of The Athletic. So um, that was a really, really insightful quote from Pierce. I think Pierce is always smart about this stuff, but they have to see what works with Cam Reddish, particularly offensively, and we'll see how that manifests itself in the very near future. Um, that is going to do it for the sort of news catch-up portion of the podcast. I want to take a quick break. We'll come back and preview a little bit of what's going to happen on Monday evening against New Orleans. All right, and we're back talking about Monday. Um, it's a preseason game. That's something that I have to point out. It's a preseason game. It should be viewed as such. Um, not that big of a deal. I know Zion is coming to town, and I know the Hawks made a trade with the uh, Pelicans that involved Hunter. It involved Jackson Hayes. It involved Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So there's lots of storylines, more uh, more storylines than I would say, that there usually would be in a game such as this. Um, it's kind of unfortunate for the Hawks in some ways that the Braves play at the same time in a playoff game because, you know, locally, I don't think that there are going to be as many eyeballs on the Hawks-Pelicans game as there would have been if the Braves weren't playing. I guess, fortunately for the, for the Hawks, the Braves game's at three, so you would assume it'll be over by the time the Hawks start. I just think just attention-wise and preview-wise and build-up-wise would have been cooler in some respects if the Hawks had the stage to themselves on Monday night, but still... Zion's in town, and a couple of debuts, obviously, with Hunter, Reddish, Fernando against an interesting team in New Orleans. As someone who covers the whole league, I am very interested in New Orleans. They're going to be very interesting to watch this season. But for me, on the Hawks' side, I am most interested to see how guys like Reddish and Jabari Parker look, honestly. I do think that, obviously, Hunter and Fernando would be interesting as well as rookies, but in general, I want to see the new faces, and I'm more interested in seeing how they look in a new spot you know, and I think Reddish and Parker are the signature guys for that. But even Evan Turner as well. Um, I'm not really, I'm not really enamored to see what Trey Young and John Collins look like, for instance, because those guys are just going to be good. And I, I'm not sure what, what you learn about them in the preseason unless there's something just drastically different. But I'm really intrigued to see what Reddish looks like, particularly, and then guys like Parker and Turner on a uh, secondary level from there. I doubt we'd see too much in the way of elaborate defensive scheming going on in this game. It's noteworthy to see what happens when Trey leaves the floor, though. Um, you know, they, they might use Brandon Goodwin in the spot if he is available. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, you know, offensively, that's something that I definitely want to keep my eye on is just kind of kind of how they use the offense. Defensively, there isn't too much to take away here. I guess individual defense is noteworthy, but scheme-wise, you won't see the full gamut from either side 
in this game. I want to see if Damian Jones and Bruno Fernando are shooting threes. There's been a lot of talk about that. Those two guys are the only ones on the roster, really, other than Evan Turner, who are real question marks as to whether, they, as whether they're actually shoot or not. Um, Bembry, we talk about all the time, being a shooting liability in some ways, but he will shoot. He's not he's not unwilling to do that. Um, whereas Hunter isn't going to shoot. I'm sorry, Turner isn't going to shoot necessarily. But the big men have been talking about how they're going to shoot it. So we'll see if they're able to do that and willing to do that in their first game this season. Um, how, how Turner is used as well, whether he plays with Trey sometimes. It'd be interested to see again. You don't, you don't, you don't want to overblow too much in a preseason game in terms of what is actually displayed and what the rotations are, but that's something to uh, note for sure. Uh, Pierce would only name to the media that Young and Collins would be starting when Kevin Chouinard asks on Thursday. I do think uh, in a vacuum, Hunt, uh, Kevin Herter is going to start for this team. I'll be stunned if he does not start for this team. Um, but the other two spots, I guess, are theoretically open for competition in some respects. I would still bet on Alex Len at center, but Kevin Shadar last week on the podcast floated Damian Jones as an option. I guess it wouldn't stun me flat out if Jones started, but I think Len's going to play more almost certainly. And I think for me, it will surprise me if Len's not the starting center. I do think that Hunter is going to start at the three. Um, down the, down the line anyway. Preseason, we'll see what happens. Um, in fact, it's worth noting now that Pierce told Chris Kirchner last week that October 24th is the start date. October 7th is not, and I'm quoting now, I don't care who we start October 7th, so don't read, don't read too much into it, end quote. Um, I wouldn't take too much from the rotation from, from game one anyway. If you remember last year, Pierce would not name Trey Young the starter. Last year of the preseason, he was asked before every game that I was at anyway, um, about that and would not name him. Trey was starting, but there was definitely a discussion last year between Trey Young and Jeremy Lin as to who would start. It took him a while, and honestly, Pierce didn't actually name Young as a starter until after the entire preseason was over. There's about two games before I have the, uh, I have sort of the uh, what, what it actually happened on my uh, on my calendar here that I wrote down. But it was like two days before tip off last year for the regular season that he actually named Trey the starter. By that point, we kind of knew that it was going to happen, but he's not going to name anybody or do anything definitive other than Young and Collins. And for me, anyway, I'm adding this personally. I think Kevin Hurd is going to start if he's healthy. Um, as far as tomorrow's game, though, is concerned on Monday, um, Pierce did tell um, Kevin Chenard on Sunday that Ray Spalding is probably not going to play with a dental issue. Brandon Goodwin is questionable after getting a bump near his hip, and Kevin Herter also could potentially sit for rest, which is definitely the most noteworthy thing here. But if he plays, um, Kevin brings along that he'll be on a minutes restriction. Um, Herter, as you might remember, is still coming back from injury in the way that Collins and Len and all those guys were. I've not heard anything about limitations for Collins or Len in this game, but considering it's preseason game, you're not going to see full usage for anybody. And if we see Herter, it apparently won't be a ton of Kevin Herter. But I think he's healthy by all accounts, at least getting closer to healthy. But no reason whatsoever to push these guys. Um, the preseason schedule is also kind of weird in that the Hawks play Monday and then they play again on Wednesday at home. But then after that, they don't play again until the following Monday. So they have four full days off, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this week after the first two games at home. And they don't come back to play a home game of any sort until, I believe it's October 26th. So yeah, after Wednesday, the Hawks don't play a home game for 17 days. And that is the first, that's actually the home opener of the regular season against the Magic. So if you are a Hawks fan that wants to get to the arena, you have two chances. You have Monday and Wednesday. And then after that, it's two plus weeks before they're actually home again. And that's a game that actually counts. So put that on your calendar if you want to get down to the arena for Monday or Wednesday. It's uh, you know probably a little bit more urgency than you might think because there's a long layoff after that. And you won't be seeing the team. Maybe I will in practice a couple times, but at the same time, uh, a long layoff between actually seeing them in person is noteworthy, and we'll see how much things change between now and Wednesday. So 
that probably covers it for the most part. Again, it's preseason. Don't take too much from anything. You can sort of take individual observations. And again, for me, it's Cam Reddish is the number one thing to look for for me in this game, followed by Jabari Parker. Um, and I think there's probably a pretty big gap after that, in my opinion, as to uh, guys that actually matter how they look in this spot. But uh, Cam is a clear number one for me. Anyway, um, also Zion's going to be in town. That's fun. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, you know, Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick. We'll see, how, we'll see what happens in terms of playing time for the Pelicans. But basketball is here. I'm very excited about that. If you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome to the show. Most of the time, um, during the season anyway, will be a solo podcast with me. There will be guests um, sprinkled in for sure. Um, I have frequent guests like Jeff Siegel, who will be on the podcast. Tower Jones is a fan favorite. He'll be on the podcast quite a bit, I'm sure. Um, Kevin Chenard. Also, I try to get some national folks on here to provide that different perspective. Um, you know, Robbie Callen has been on, Sam Massini, Cole Zwicker, all kinds of people that I usually have on the podcast to talk about draft stuff and other stuff. But uh, hopefully that will continue this year. I'm really excited for the season to be starting. I'm uh, not looking forward to pulling double duty with the Braves for a couple of weeks here. But if it's, it's uh, if you're a Braves fan as well, you're probably hoping that the Braves keep winning. So there you go. And my time will be split, but I will not negate the podcast. I will I will not ne- neglect the podcast, I should say. I will be here. There will be plenty of Hawks stuff. And uh, yeah, the season, I guess, officially begins in terms of uh, on-court stuff that people can actually see on Monday against the Pelicans. So stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to the podcast. I will have a recap pod at some point Monday night. It might be late, considering there's a Braves game as well. But there will be a, there will be a podcast in your feed for Tuesday morning on your commute or whatever else you listen to the podcast at. So uh, until then, we will uh, see you just a few hours from now with more on Hawks Pelicans.